Well, thank you for that reading and thank you for the hugely kind words and good morning, everybody. First chance to say hi as well as answering some, some questions. It's such an honour to be part of this weekend and the two or three different things going on this weekend. The 70th anniversary element has been mentioned. I, I was also caught by that £525 uh, figure and Ian's right, it should have been £2,100, which is still a bit of a bargain, isn't it? And the, the idea that it was actually on this site. The minutes of the church meeting say, on the 21st of October 1952, say, a unanimous feeling we were being strongly led to the site proposed. And it was done jointly with other churches in the sense of they knew this was a new housing area and other churches from other denominations in the city said, no, you go for it. You go for it in this area. They probably didn't use go for it language in the 1950s, <laughs> but that's the sort of thing that, that they said. And I like that. It was the corner of Sherbourne Road and what was Salt Hill Road, later named Duncan Road. This bit here. So that's part of what this weekend is about. It's also a chance to be here in person and a chance to come back and say a proper goodbye, as much as we were so blessed by your goodbye online. And it's also a weekend where we've been privileged to be part of Ellen's commissioning. I just want to add one verse to the reading from Psalms because it says something similar and it'd be something that I can concentrate on as we consider this message. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9 says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. As I say, it was great to be part of the commissioning service yesterday. And for those who were there online yesterday or there online today, welcome as well. Let me add my welcome to you. Great if you're joining us now and were joining us then. For those who didn't join us yesterday, let me just say it was a great occasion. And if anyone is thinking because you missed the message yesterday or Ken was silent on the whole discernment process, please don't misunderstand my silence on Ellen's role. I just felt it was right for me to be silent until Ellen was appointed. I didn't want to get in the way of the process. I didn't feel it was my role to do so. But I was delighted that the church meeting called Ellen to be the team leader. I've always believed that if Ellen was willing to stand, that she was the right and best choice. And working daily together with Ellen showed me that. She has such an amazing range of skills, which I won't revisit because it embarrassed you yesterday, but you can catch the recording of those if you would like to. And travelling around the UK for two years, I believe that even more. Also travelling around the UK for this role for the denomination that I mentioned, I said something to almost all the churches that I visited, which was to do with the church leader, though they hadn't asked me to say it. And if you'll allow me, I will say it now to this church on behalf of your church leader, though she hasn't asked me to say it. I've, I said to pretty much every church I went to, I said, will you do three things for your team leader, for your soul minister, whatever church I went to? I said, will you pray for them? Now, of course, we all say that we will pray for them, but some of us need a reminder. So will you create a reminder somewhere where it will come up? Maybe 
Take this photo from the church website. Yes, it's a photo of Bristol, not Chichester. Yes, Kevin's wearing a photo of of Italy and Pisa, not Chichester. But nevertheless, (laughs) it might remind you of this city and remind you to pray for them. The history of our church includes some very faithful prayers. Some people who prayed daily for Ian and for myself and for the previous ministers. And we need some people to step up and be those people for Ellen and for Roger and for Andy and for Calvin and for the whole staff team and all of the leaders. But you might need a prompt, a reminder. Now, you could put that on your screensaver. You could put it somewhere on your desk. It might look a bit weird to your colleagues if it looks like Ellen's your family or something. But put it somewhere that's not too embarrassing but that reminds you to pray for Ellen. That would be hugely important. The second thing you can do is you can encourage Ellen as though she were new. When somebody takes on a role as team leader, if they come from outside, they, they tend to receive a level of encouragement about their ideas that, that is a huge amount of enthusiasm because they're new in the role. When somebody's been in a role a little while, we tend to feel freer to say yes but rather than yes. To the extent that you can give a level of enthusiasm as though Ellen was new, she will be blessed and you will be blessed. The third thing I asked pretty much every church I went to, and you can find recordings of this up and down the UK to check me out on this, I said, could you give allowance? Could you give allowance for the fact that we won't always know the facts? Sometimes a leader will appear to not do something we think they should, And sometimes they will appear to do something we think they shouldn't. And almost always, it's because of things that we can't say are going on. And to the extent that you can give allowance for that, you will be blessed and they will be blessed. And then let me say, I said to all of these churches that I went to, and I am blessed that I'm in a church in Chichester that do that for me. And I'm so grateful that you did do that for me. And so it's appropriate, perhaps, that I ask you to do the same for Ellen. So on this 70th anniversary, we have this theme to look back and to look forward, to learn from the past and to look for the future. As it said in that recording, so interesting to hear it, I did have this plan to do three things. I had a plan to learn from a more experienced minister, and I learned so much from Ian um, and Rosie at that time. So tick, I had a plan to make mistakes, and I certainly did that. Big tick. And then to run away, failed tick. In that the Lord had a different plan, and I'm so glad he did, and we, we managed to stay, and to stay for another 21 years. And it wasn't that we felt called to leave, it was that we felt called to do something else during that period. And so in choosing a Bible reading for, not my 21 years, but for the 70 years of the church, we are not short of readings in the Bible to go to for this sort of thing. Because so much of the Bible is written that we would look back and learn and take strength from the past in order to carry that strength in the future. That's so often what's going on in the whole of the Bible, isn't it? We read something from the past and we say, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if that was true then, then we can carry that truth into the future. 
And that's not just the history books of the Bible, that's so much of the Bible. In fact, the only reason I'm not saying the whole of the Bible is like that is because the Bible is richer than that. So sometimes we read the Bible, it's not so much we read in it as history, it's more that it is this living word that speaks to us today in a, in a poignant way to what's going on in our lives today. And some of the Bible is prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled, of course. So there's multiple things going on in God's word, but so often it is this looking back in order to remember and take strength from the future. Throughout the Bible, you have all sorts of memory prompts. I showed Roger this PowerPoint to get him to check it, and he liked it apart from the scribbles in the book, Roger, which he found deeply disturbing. It's been a while since you've borrowed one of my books, which, which would have had even more scribbles in it, scribbles you couldn't decipher, no doubt. But the, when we look back on, on God's Word, it has memory prompts in the form of festivals that God's people are set to do, and food even as a memory prompt. And then there's laying, laying stones so that when you come back to a place, you ask, what, what was that place about? And it's a memory prompt of what God has done. We look back in order to take strength from the future, or patterns to repeat in personal devotion, or prayers that we're supposed to say regularly, even prayers that we're supposed to say annually when we go to certain big festivals. And most of those examples are in the Old Testament, but even when you think of baptism, baptism is partly at least to remember that Jesus was baptised and we're copying him in our discipleship. And communion, when we, ever, we take communion, we do it in remembrance of him. It's almost as though God thinks we're not going to be very good at this memory thing. And therefore we need some prompts to remember. And we need multiple ways to remember. And sometimes it's one stage more detailed than that. It's not that we, the, we just look at the Bible to remember. When we go to a passage, that passage itself is about remembering what God had previously done in the history of God's people. And that's what this psalm is about. And that's what that passage in Deuteronomy is about. So the psalm, it says, May I never forget, in verse 2, it says, the good things he has done for me. And then it lists some of those things God has done for us. It says he forgives us, he heals us, he redeems us, he fills my life with good things, he's removed our sins from the east and from the west. And that Deuteronomy passage, it says a whole range of ways of remembering. The Deuteronomy passage is Moses giving a series of final instructions. The whole book of Deuteronomy, it feels like Moses is saying, now before I go, before I go, I must tell you these things. It reads like the longest farewell handover speech in history until this one. <laughs> Perhaps not. But it reads like that. And so let me make it clear that I'm neither trying to copy Moses here or trying to be as long as that. But it's as helpful in this context to rem remember that that's what he's doing. So he says, only be careful. So it's something that we do to watch our souls and watch yourself closely. So part of our spiritual health and well-being is to do this looking back thing in order to take strength and look forward. And then he says, and do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart. So we've got some responsibility to keep them close to us. And then make sure that it has a value going forward. 
teach them to your children and pass them on to the next generation and to their children after them. It's appropriate then that if this isn't your very first time walking into this church or your very first time joining us online, that we look back and say, so what is it that we're thankful for? And that we use that as strength for the future. So if you're relatively new here, that might be the greetings that you received when you first walked in the door. If you've received a good greeting, it's felt something of the love of Jesus to you, a genuine welcome, then that might be something that you take strength from. If you've been here a a fair while longer, for some of you it might be that you've met genuine friends and fellow travellers on this Christian journey, and that's what you take strength from. For others of you, it will be, over the years, there have been key events in your spiritual life, and they have taken place in and around this fellowship of Chichester Baptist Church, And you're thankful for that. Maybe for some of you, it was the place where you found Jesus. I'm I'm saying that knowing... I can can picture some of the chairs that some of you are sitting in, knowing that I've prayed prayers of people finding Jesus with those people where you are sitting now over some of those years. Or maybe it's the place where you came and you showed your commitment by being baptised. Or maybe it's the place where you were married standing here or, or here, or a place where you received a certain blessing to confirm what was going on. For many of us, it will be that what we're thankful for is godly characters who we learn from and maybe continue to learn from. For some of us, it will be times of worship, certain times that you know, certain Christian spirituality calls thin places, where God is present everywhere, but there are certain times when the, the gap between us and heaven seems thinner. And, and for some of you, it, it will be that that you take strength from. For others of you, it will, be, it will be knowing some bold faith moves that we made together. That Is this really going to work? I don't know, but, but, but it seems like God's in it. Let's go for it. So you saw on that clip, Ian when he was leading, taking our message outside of these buildings to open-air services, to a thing we called First Sunday, in a building in the hospital, for the sake of those who won't walk into our doors, or mission trips overseas, or big, bold, will this work or not, I've no idea, but we pray it will, projects, like Christians Against Poverty and opening an office, or alternative gatherings and missional communities, or this building project... For some of you, you'll be giving thanks because you can remember times when you received key guidance for the next bit of your faith journey. Or aha moments when somebody's opening up God's word. And you think, oh, okay, I understand that now. That makes a difference. Or huge prayers answered. I could name some of mine and I'll give you a couple of examples. But what's really important is what your examples are looking back on this time. Because it's your examples that will give you strength to face the future, you see. So I'm really encouraged when I look back, for example, at some of the, some of the history before I was ever here of those original faithful believers that, that Ian referred to. I remember, for example, when I'm trying not to forget the things that God has done and the, th- the things my eye has seen, 
include some of the things that I've heard others pass on directly. A phone call that happened right at the early start of this building project, which was a few years after that 70 years. The building was completed in 1958. In 1956, the deacons met at one of the homes of one of the deacons, Charles Quinton, in West Wittering. Now, Charles had lost his leg, one of his legs, in World War I, and that normally wasn't a problem, but occasionally his artificial leg gave him particular pain. And this was one of those occasions. And so that he wouldn't be embarrassed, they moved the venue of the deacons' meeting to his home in West Wittering, um, so that he could take his leg off without embarrassment. And so that's what happened. Now, he was one of the very few deacons in 1958, I think there was only two of them, that had a phone. Like right now, most of you are probably carrying a phone, but he was one of only two who had a phone at that time. And at that moment, they got a phone call from the regional minister, the area superintendent at the time, saying, as they were looking at the architectural plans for the building, which, as Ellen described, is that, that further back bit, saying that they had received a massive amount of money. They'd received um, 3,000-something pounds. It says it on the wall behind you, Phil, on, on the Lake Street gift there, on that brass plaque. Can you tell us the amount of money? 3,425. Right, so if the building cost 525 pounds, 3,425 pounds was given by Lake Street in uh, Portsmouth, which was war damage money because their building had been totally uh, burnt down in the war. Um, and it was exactly the right timing for them to confirm that this was something God was in. And our history is full of stories like that because it's his story. Some of you sitting right at the back there, the flooring that is at the back there, has lasted so well over all of these years because it was better flooring than we could have afforded. It wasn't what we spec'd for. But the supplier, back in 1958, didn't think we'd be on time. And we were on time. And when we were on time, the supplier then had to supply a better quality wood than the one that we had paid for. So it's a wood called masander, a hardwood. And we've only ever had to sand it once in all of those years. And so to this part of the building and newer parts of the building, so many confirmations along the way are things that I look back on with thanks. Godly people seeing what this could be before I could be. And mistakes proving to be exactly the right thing as well. So I remember a, a wall going up right at the back there in the car park being in the wrong place according to the plan. Could have cost us thousands of pounds. And us all looking at it with the neighbour and actually working out Actually, that's a better place, isn't it? <laughs> Let's leave it there. And we all agreed to leave it there, and the planner agreed for us to leave it there. I remember this baptistry having stairs proposed in both directions, and if it had been both directions, we wouldn't have been able to baptise tall people, which is somewhat limiting <laughs> as a faith demonstration in the church. And just as they were about to put concrete in the back stairs, I happened to walk past it, and we laid down in it and, and just only put one series of stairs in it because God was in the timing of all, those, all of those things. I remember countless times thinking, I am just out of my depth here, praying out-of-depth prayers and God blessing those prayers. I remember waiting, as Ellen waited, for a church meeting decision 
to call me to the team leader role. I remember with thanks, as I've mentioned already, that this has been the place of finding faith and growing in faith for my now adult children, Zoe and Alex. But your memories, your memories are what matter. Because the phrase is what your eyes have seen. When I look back on starting in the church here, when Ian was senior minister, some of the original members, in fact three of the original members, were still alive when I came here. And some who were members between 52 to 58 before we actually opened this building, they were there too. Now, they were amazing people. We shouldn't elevate them as perfect because that's not what looking back is about. Um, we, part of that Deuteronomy passage is learning from mistakes as well as what we got right. In Deuteronomy, Moses is only giving these instructions to the next generation because the previous generation made so many mistakes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed to be there. But when I saw them, these first members who were still around and learnt from them, I learnt many things. But what I'd like to leave you with is I learnt from them vision, confidence, kindness and encouragement. Ian's described their vision, a small number of people who could say, okay, let's buy three quarters of an acre. Let's buy enough that already will hold 250 people. Believing God will do more. And they were people of confidence as well as vision. In the sense of they had a confidence that this message we have in Jesus isn't just for them, it's for this city, it's for their colleagues, it's for everyone we meet. When this building was completed, the first minister sent a letter, like a magazine, around to all of the neighbourhood in Parklands. It's beautifully old language in the sense of its 1950s language. But I want to read you the start of it because I think it sums up their values. A most cordial invitation. When was the last time you offered somebody a most cordial invitation, folks? But I'm offering that to us today. It's our aim, he said, to build a fellowship in which, we will, in which all may feel wanted and at home. A Christian fellowship wherein we may help one another and be of service to the community. Some of you we know are members of other Christian churches and we would not urge you to do anything but support your own church to the uttermost. Others have already expressed the intention to worship with us and to you and to all interested people, both young and old, we give a most cordial invitation to meet with us on Sunday and during the week. I love that all ages, and with no sense of competition about other Christian endeavours in the city. If you're there already, commit to it to the uttermost. But if you're not going anywhere, then come and join us, because they've got a confidence that this message in Jesus is something to pass on. And they showed kindness. I can hear, in my, in my mind's eye, is that right? No. Um, I can still imagine hearing whatever the audio equivalent of mind's eye is, uh, ringing some of these people who were fellow leaders with me when I started. Some are in this room now, asking them the dumb questions that a new minister needs to ask on a landline because we didn't have mobiles. And I can hear them saying my name back, yes, Ken, 
some who are now with the Lord, some of those original three, and in their tone is love. In their tone is kindness. And kindness is so needed today. There's something about what's happened in the last 20 months that kindness is probably the most underrated aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. And we can learn that from the people who went before us because they had it and they had encouragement. They found a way to encourage in the sense of to give courage. And when I switched roles from being associate minister to, to being the senior minister, they gave me courage again. So even if we might use different words today to a cordial invitation and to support to your uttermost, I love the sentiment. I love the values. Now, all of that said, if you look carefully around today, we are not using their hymn books that they used. And we are not sitting in the same orientation or even the same part of the building. This part of the building was garden at that time. We are not using the same method of song projection. We are not preaching from the pulpit that they built. We're not even reading the same version of the Bible because there's been a helpful update, more than one. We don't have the same midweek program or Sunday program. In remembering and giving thanks and learning, we learn so much, but we are not doing things the way they did them, and they wouldn't want us to. And neither should you do things the way Ian did, or the way I did. It's missionally vital to move on. Ellen's commissioning, and this whole weekend, is a marker point for God's work from here. And when we look back, a key thing to do is to know that the values are forever and the vehicles are for a season. So looking back, I'm suggesting that the values include vision, big vision of what a big God can do, confidence that this message is still vital for the people that we rub shoulders with outside of this building and those that walk in, kindness, as in short supply and needed and a Christ-like thing, and encouragement in the sense of giving courage to others. Shall we pray about that? And then I'll hand to Calvin and the band to bring us our final song. And so, Lord, please, please help us to learn from the past without copying the vehicles, to learn the values from the past. Help us to be people of vision, of a big God, and a great future with your plans. Confidence in our faith, when we're apart as well as when we're together. And help us to be people of kindness. To go out of our way to demonstrate this, that kindness in this season. Help us to find ways to give courage as we encourage. Amen.